It's seen as the final frontier of global cooperation after the Cold War. But Russia has decided to pull out of the International Space Station. Is it even possible? And what will be the impact on space exploration and research? I'm Bernard Smith, and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyse and help define major global stories. Let's bring in our guests. In Moscow, we have Pavel Falkenhauer, a defence and military analyst. In Orlando, Florida, Amy Thompson, a science journalist and contributor to Space.com. And in London, Francisco Diego, a lecturer at the Department of Physics and Astronomy at University College London. Welcome to you all. Pavel, uh, first of all, for you, is this Ukraine-related? Is it political Russia pulling out of the ISS? Uh, well, it's clearly uh, Ukraine connected because after the conflict there began, uh, sanctions were imposed in, on Russia by the West, and some of them, these sanctions are against uh, parts of the Roscosmos uh, State uh, Space Corporation. Uh, Russia has already said that it will continue with um, the cooperation on the space station if the sanctions will be lifted. They have not been lifted. Uh, so that means Russia is right now kind of saying that, OK, we're going to boot the whole project, since it right now is not bringing Russia much any money anymore. Uh, and, uh, but this does not actually mean that this is the end of the issue. I should emphasize that. I think there's, going, there's of course, some time left to, I don't know, 25, and there's time for some bargaining. So if okay. uh, there, Russia would most likely say there, actually, there are actually different ways in Russia could quit, uh, quit fully, uh, so the station has to go down into the ocean, Pacific Ocean, or kind of continue on a commercial basis to cooperate to some extent to keep it running till 30, or uh, Russia would be demanding some s sanctions relief. Okay, Amy, so it's not yet a closed issue. All right. So, a Amy, as, as Pavel says, there it's not over yet. Is from the American side, is this viewed as bluster? Is there hope that it's bluster? Yes. So um, Russia said that they were going to pull out after 2024. Um, there was a report that came out talking to one of their lead flight directors that was discussing the their version of the space station that would the first pieces would launch maybe around 2028. So from NASA's standpoint, NASA has said that they would like to operate the space station until 2030. But it is also at the same time preparing some commercial partners to launch sort of mini space stations. I think Axiom has one. Um, Blue Origin has an orbital reef that they're partnering with several other agencies that they want to launch. So this notion of having multiple stations is probably something that's going to be happening around the same time that Russia wants to do their own. So. I definitely think that there is room for negotiation. All right. We'll, we'll touch on the commercial uh, operators in space uh, a little bit later. Uh, Francisco, though, what would it mean to the ISS, to the operation, the practical operation of it, if Russia did withdraw? Uh, it's going to be, I think, very difficult. The, um, you cannot divide the International Space Station that easy. The Russian module is, uh, as we saw in your, uh, in your uh, introduction, is responsible for the movement of the space station, for keeping it in orbit, and it has the power to do that, and that is controlled from Moscow, I understand. 
So uh, how these things are going to be sorted out is very difficult to, to imagine. And I hope, as Pavel said, I hope that these negotiations are going to, to take uh, some kind of more uh, constructive approach. Amy, help us understand practically how the two segments of, of the station are, are interdependent on each other and rely on the Russians and the Americans operating them. Yes, yeah, so um, as stated, the Russian side provides propulsion, so it essentially keeps the ISS in orbit. Um, currently, there is not a U.S. vehicle that is capable of doing that, but I'm sure that that is something that NASA and its partners are you know, thinking about, especially after the announcement yesterday. And then the U.S. side provides power. It's got the solar panels. So they, they work together. You can't have one side without the other side. But, Pavel, who's holding all, all the cards? If you say there might be a potential for uh, negotiation, who needs this more, the Americans or, or, or the Russians? Uh, well, most likely both need it need the station, though the Russian interest has waned a bit, uh, of course, during the, uh, for quite a long time since the shuttles uh, stopped to fly, Russia had a monopoly to bring uh, astronauts and cosmonauts aboard the space station, and so Russia was earning a lot of money, hundreds of millions of dollars a year. I mean, one trip for one person was up to $70 million. So that was bringing a lot of cash to Roscosmos. That has right now ended. There will be flights on Russian Soyuz uh, ships for Americans, but that will not be for money much. That will be in exchange for Russians flying on American ships. So it stopped to be a money cow, the space station for Roscosmos. And so now they say, oh, they're not that much interested in continuing uh, to maintain this aging station. Uh, uh, so they hope that uh, they maybe believe uh, that uh, they have, uh, the Americans needed more, and so Russia can wager for that and get something in return for still keeping it flying for five years up to 30. Okay. Francisco, there's an operational importance to having integrated crews on board, I read, I understand. What are, what are the risks? They've got this crew swap agreement where American crews can fly in on a Russian rocket, uh, Russians can fly in on SpaceX. What if these? Uh, what is the importance of having these integrated crews on the on the ISS? Well, it is very important. That is a very basic principle of the International Space Station, and it is very sad that this is happening. I would like to see more cooperation. I would like to see a space exploration, less competition, more collaboration. This is not the way to go into space. This is not the way we have explored our own planet. And look at the state of the planet now as a result of what we have done in the last few centuries. Are you going to do the same in space? I think we have this opportunity, this challenge now to really reset our mindset and reset it and then put more collaboration and more peaceful collaboration and explore the moon as humanity, not as a single country or as a single company. I hope we, have, we can achieve that. Well, uh, Amy, as Francisco is hinting at there, there's symbolic importance of having integrated crews as well as, well as practical. What are, what are those practical importances of having them, uh, integrated crews on board? Well, it's good to have those, you know, because you have each program has something different that they work on, you know, as far as science and, and other things like that. So they bring that into them by having crews, you know, and it's just really, um, like he said, symbolic. It's, it's 
this is what we want to see. We want to see cooperation because the space station is literally like the crown jewel of humanity. Like this is what happens when everyone works together and we are all capable of achieving great things. So we need this cooperation. Pavel, you've been suggesting that a lot of this has come down to dollars in the end, to cash. Could the Russians build their own space station, as has been hinted at? Would they, would they want to? Could they afford to do it? Uh, well, some kind of uh, station most likely will appear. It will take time. Again, the, the station that's being right now planned will be very different uh, from the present uh, space station. It will be flying higher on a different orbit much higher. That means it won't have a permanent crew. Uh, the crews will be visiting. So it will be much smaller, for sure, with visiting crews. Uh, it's not will be like the present low-orbit space station, which is very enormous, 500 tons of metal and equipment flying there. Such a thing will most likely never again appear anytime soon in orbit around Earth. Amy, are there alternative partners for NASA for the Americans, the Europeans, maybe, maybe or is it the Russians or no one? Um, no, so there's 15 different international partners. I mean, Russia is one of them, so when they pull out, there's still 14 other countries, including the U.S., that are you know, that work together to make the International Space Station. So NASA would probably lean on, on those partners a little bit more um, if Russia pulled out. OK. And, Francisco, the station, is, the station is due to be retired in 2031. What happens to it then? Well, it will be uh, in you know, a controlled descent. It will be the orbit, and then we'll, uh, it will land somewhere in the Pacific Ocean as will be the, the Hubble Space Telescope in, in, uh, at some point as well. So it will be the orbit. That's what happens when you are in low Earth orbit. You are uh, just reduce the speed and then in a very controlled way, just, uh, just bring it down. And uh, we must uh, remember also that China is uh, completing their own space station this year. And that's another uh, component here, another uh, country that was not allowed to join in the International Space Station. They went their own way and they, had, they are building their own uh, in record time, actually, their own space station as well. So um, I hope, as I said before, that all this collaboration comes more close together because um, space exploration is very forgiving. It's very, it's very uh, extremely dangerous. You need international collaboration to deal with emergencies, to deal with uh, enormous challenges. And it will be good to have the expertise from different, uh, from different um, scientific and technological groups working together. I wanted to move on to, to China, actually. And, 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 Pavel, again, could Russia realistically move on to cooperate more with China's space programme? Very ambitious. China's supposed to be ahead of Russia now, technologically, in space. Uh, well, most likely not ahead technologically, uh, but uh, actually clearly ahead in finances. So they are building it swiftly. They have more money to spend. Technologically, most likely, Russia and China are more or less on par. Uh, maybe in, in the rocket technology, Russia is at least, if not ahead, well, it's maybe has a, some kind of headway there. Uh, cooperation in space between Russia and China, there has been a lot talked about it uh, in recent years. It's not really that easy to happen. The Chinese have their own space station. It won't be really 
uh, compatible with the Russian one. Uh, but there can be kind of visits of Chinese going on to the Russian station, of Russians going on to the Chinese station. I think that's possible. That would be symbolic. Uh, but I don't think that the two pro countries are going to actually merge uh, or build a joint project like mm -hmm. the International Space Station, which appeared in the hey years of after the end of the Cold War, when it seemed that conflict and war in Europe would be totally impossible. Well, now we're in a different, very different age, and cooperation in space is going to be limited between countries that are actually see the, each other as enemies. Okay. Well, Amy Francisco has uh, mentioned repeatedly importance of cooperation in space because it's a very dangerous place in which to operate. But would the Americans view the Chinese surely more as competitors in space rather than potential cooperation partners, do they? Yes. So they have historically been kept separate from everything, um, whereas NASA worked very closely with Russia. China has always been on the outside. And um, I think there may have been one analog astronaut mission that had a Taikonaut. But other than that, they just do not work together. So that would be um, interesting to see what, what happens in terms of that. Because um, I believe they launched their second module to the space station. And, um, yes. yeah, they're moving, they're moving very rapidly with that. Uh, Francisco, do you know how, how China's space program compares to that of Russia? They've launched another... Uh, rocket recently to the to the Tiangong um, to build the Tiangong space station. Well, yes, the Chinese um, space program came a little bit late. We must remember that the uh, the first uh, successful missions to space were from the Soviet Union, and then the first uh, satellite, the first uh, spacewalk, the first woman in space, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it comes from the 1950s, the 1960s, and the Chinese came only recently, very successfully actually, launching very successful missions to the moon, to Mars, when they have a, a, a successful landing on Mars with a rover on the backside of the moon as well. They have another rover there. So uh, now building their own space station, but they came a bit late, they're a bit behind in time, but I think they are making very, very good progress, I think. And uh, I think we, sh we should uh, aim uh, in the future to see more collaboration. That's, uh, I, I have to repeat myself again and again. No, for Francisco, you say yeah, it's China's late to, to, to the space race, but uh, and is it catching up technologically uh, with the US? Would that be, a, is that a concern for the US? I know you keep mentioning cooperation, but there isn't much cooperation between these two superpowers. Well, no, not at the moment, of course. And uh, of course, technologically, China has less experience, if you like. But if you see the interior of the, of the modern, of the new space station of China, it's quite remarkable. It's very tidy and very well organized. And you see there a kind of technology which is very well thought and very well uh, um, uh, designed. So I think uh, technologically, uh, I don't know, I, I want to, I'm not qualified to, to, to really put a, a mark in why, which technological uh, uh, it has more advanced, but. Uh, the, um, certainly, the experience comes in the, in the size of, of uh, Russia and certainly NASA. 
Amy, is space exploration an enterprise that still needs state backing? We mentioned earlier uh, Axiom, we have SpaceX, we have Jess Bezos's Blue Origin, we have Branson's, Branson's Virgin Galactic, we have a, a Jared Isaacman and three others being launched into orbit to visit the space station. Will this be taken over by private billionaires or do we still need state um, contributions? We will still need state contributions. Um, SpaceX gets money from NASA for the seats for the astronauts and um, for other programs. So as NASA is looking to go back to the moon, um, it is partnering with a lot of these companies and there is you know, money involved for, the, for them. Um, but NASA's plan is to you know, push out further into the uh, solar system. So they are wanting to help these companies you know, set up in low Earth orbit so that there can be a lot of activity going on there and then NASA can divert a lot of its resources to more deep space, but it will still be a, a partner, a customer for these companies. And, Pavel, does Roscosmos see this as still see prestige in space exploration or is it money that matters more to the Russians now? Uh, could they make, could they profit from this sort of desire for private exploration of space? Well, actually, the private um, the companies like SpaceX, they were competing with Russia and in space launches and commercial space launches, not only in the uh, ISS. And uh, that's seen as uh, and actually the price of putting payloads into orbit has decreased and Russia has seen itself being pushed out of the commercial market and Roscosmos losing uh, their money cows that they were getting because uh, the Russian budget is, of course, much smaller uh, than the, the Chinese or the Americans. And they were, uh, Roscosmos was very much after the end of the Cold War surviving on kind of earning money. And now they have lost a lot of that capability. And so they're right now talking that right now their main priority is supporting the Russian forces on the ground in Ukraine, mm -hmm. sending more uh, military satellites into orbit increasing the number of military satellites, communications, recon. Uh, so they're okay. kind of right now more militarizing because their commercial uh, uh, part is not really compete compatible, competable uh, okay. with the new uh, commercial uh, American and other entities that are there on the market. And, and Francisco, how do you view the growing involvement of private individuals in space exploration? Is it to be welcomed or something that should be done much more in co cooperation with state institutions? Well, exactly. It's a, it's a bit of a mixed uh, uh, idea here. Of course, it is welcome. It's welcome to have more experience, and but at the same time, it has to be regulated. You cannot have this anarchy. You cannot have these people, I want to do it first because I have the money to do it. It is not possible. We have a very good example, which is the Antarctic Treaty. The Antarctic Treaty has a variety of countries uh, that are collaborating in, on the very strict regulations. And that uh, we have also the Outer Space Treaty from the United Nations, that it is there. It hasn't been implemented properly, it hasn't been enforced properly. But all these partners, all these contributors, we remember we have other countries as well. We have India as, as well uh, coming, the, the, the UAE, all these uh, countries that have sent even uh, spacecraft to okay. Mars. 
they have to be properly regulated. Uh, okay. Otherwise, it's going to be anarchy. And I, I come, I come again to the international collaboration properly regulated. Okay, we've run out of time, but Pavel, uh, Pavel Felgenhauer, Amy Thompson, and Francisco Diego, thank you very much for your contributions. That's it for the Inside Story podcast. This episode was produced by Calvin Ng, Sama Aloni, Fongi Noyan, and Jimmy Getahan. Studio sound was by Yara Atala. The programme was edited by Anil Anandan, Lynn Noyan, and Joda Freyas. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again on Thursday.